early versions of A Study in Scarlet. Since that time, I have collected a number of monographs into a volume that has come to be regarded in many circles as a definitive guide to Dr. Watson's manuscripts. In the case of Sherlock Holmes and the Red Demon, I am convinced, based upon the most thorough study possible, the manuscript is absolutely authentic. This conclusion is supported by evidence both internal and external. The internal evidence begins with the handwriting itself. Over the years, I have examined all of Dr. Watson's original manuscripts, now housed in the Watson Archives at the British Museum in London, and have come to know his handwriting as well as my own. That the manuscript found in the walls of the Hill Mansion came from the hand of Watson, Holmes' longtime friend and companion, there can be no doubt. The good doctor, for example, formed his capital Q's in a highly distinctive manner, and the broad loop of his G's is equally unmistakable. Both characteristics are readily evident in the manuscript of Sherlock Holmes and the Red Demon. Watson also favored a distinctive type of fool's cap writing paper manufactured by the Ainsford Paper Mills in Ainsford, Kent, England. A watermark of the kind used by the Ainsford Mills between 1893 and 1900 is clearly visible on the manuscript pages of Sherlock Holmes and the Red Demon. At least six other authenticated Watson manuscripts from this period bear the identical watermark. There is one other crucial piece of internal evidence, which is that the manuscript was written with an early version of the Koenor pencil. Introduced by the L&C Hartmuth Company of Vienna in 1890, the Koh-i-Noor was in its day considered the Rolls-Royce of pencils. Watson, it is known, fell in love with the Koh-i-Noor and always used the pencil for his first drafts, which were then typed by a secretary before being sent to the publisher. Made from Siberian graphite, the Koh-i-Noor leaves a unique microscopic signature. My analysis of the manuscript discovered in the Hill House shows conclusively that it was written with an early version of the Koh-i-Noor No. 2, perhaps the surest evidence of all that the work is authentic. It is likely for reasons which will become clear later that the manuscript was never typed and that it is the only copy Watson ever made. The external evidence that points to the manuscript's authenticity is of a more indirect nature. First, there is the matter of timing. Could Holmes and Watson, based on the known historical record, a record provided exclusively by Watson's accounts of their adventures, could they have been in Minnesota in the late summer of 1894? The answer is a resounding yes. As students of Holmes' career are well aware, it was in the spring of 1891 that he and his arch-nemesis, Professor Moriarty, fought to the death at the Reichenbach Falls in Switzerland. Watson's account of this episode in The Final Problem first appeared in December 1893 in The Strand magazine. At that time, Watson assumed, as did all the world, that both Holmes and Moriarty had plunged to their deaths over the gloomy cataract. In the spring of 1894, however, Watson and the world learned otherwise. It was then that Holmes, who, fearing retribution from Moriarty's henchmen, had remained incognito for three years, made his triumphant return by capturing one of Moriarty's most sinister agents, Colonel Moran. Readers will find an account of this in The Adventure of the Empty House. Between 1894 and 1901, Watson went on to recount a dozen other Holmes cases, collected in 1905 in The Return of Sherlock Holmes. Watson did not always assign a year to these adventures, but the earliest date to be found in any of them is November 1894 in The Adventure of the Golden Pince-Nay. In this adventure, not published until almost ten years after the fact, Watson made a point of noting five other cases in which Holmes had been involved in 1894. Curiously, none of these cases was ever committed to print, even though at least one, involving Hooray, the Boulevard Assassin, supposedly earned Holmes the Order of the Legion of Honor from the President of France. 
It is my belief that these five cases are fictitious, cited by Watson as a way of disguising Holmes' real activity during the late summer and early autumn of 1894. The opening chapter of Sherlock Holmes and the Red Demon reveals that Holmes, far from being busy, was in fact idled by melancholy for several months after his return to England and the capture of Colonel Moran. Only when he went to the Minnesota Pineries at James J. Hill's request in August 1894 did Holmes regain his old enthusiasm. And since the manuscript makes clear that Holmes and Watson had returned to London by mid-September, there is no conflict with the November date assigned to the adventure of the Golden Pince-Nay. In short, the time frame established in Sherlock Holmes and the Red Demon does not in any way conflict with what is known of Holmes' activities between the spring of 1894 and November of that year. While all of this, of course, does not prove that Holmes and Watson were in Minnesota, it makes it difficult, if not impossible, to demonstrate otherwise. Other external factors also support the manuscript's credibility. There is, for example, a matter of money. The manuscript reveals...